lips on the rookie in advance. And Dominic is, man, you're dropping some serious bombs on us, man. This is good stuff, man. Bombs away. I'm telling you, man. Well, I tell you, I got a question for you. And, and I think this is something that's probably going to be a thought in some of our listeners' heads is, okay, I hear what you're saying, Dominic. This all makes sense. But what if... What if I just don't want to get in front of the camera? What if I'm shy to do that? What if I'm afraid people are going to look at me and think I'm weird or I'm going to sound goofy or or any of those excuses? Like, let's just chop the shit out of those excuses and offer some solid, just tangible, here's what you need to do. Okay, so first of all, you are going to suck at first. You're going to suck so badly. And guess what? It is normal, okay? You got to suck. That is part of the process, right? I actually like to view life as a game. And some people don't like that, but I do. Because if you look at how life is situated, it's kind of like a game, right? Where we're, we, we wake up, we have a certain amount of time. We're trying to get resources. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. So you have to kind of not take yourself so seriously all the time and realize that you're going to suck at first while you're playing this game. So please actually embrace it. The other thing that you need to understand is that there's something called resistance. And please, if you're running into this, there's a great book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield is the guy who wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance. He was a total flipping failure before he wrote that book, right? Like a failure for 20 years. And the dude just kept sitting down and writing, sitting down and writing, becoming a pro, becoming a pro, becoming a pro, becoming a pro. By the way, this is how Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan. This is how Tiger Woods became Tiger Woods. They sucked until they stopped sucking. And then they became fantastic after a lot of sucking. So you got to suck. It's just part of the process. But in that book, what he's going to talk about is something called resistance. And any time that you do anything constructive, whether that's start a diet, whether that's start a business, whether that is create some marketing materials for your own business, you're going to start getting these thoughts. And this is where the resistance comes into play. Do it tomorrow. Oh, you didn't shave today. Uh, you're not wearing your, your special shirt. All these ridiculous excuses, just realize that is not you. That is your subconscious trying to protect you. And meanwhile, it's sabotaging you. You have to understand what that is and just understand that you need to push through. And you're actually going to, you're going to feel 1 million times better after you do something sucky that you know is good for you than to not do it. And so that's one of the big things that I had to get through, right? Like I had to, I totally sucked at videos. I was super shy at it at first. And after you do it a while, you're going to, you'll you'll be good, right? The other thing to think about is if you are one of those people that needs to script something out, just go ahead and write the article first or write the little 300 word or 500 word blog article, and then just turn that into your video script, But guaranteed, as soon as you sit down to write that thing, something is going to happen. There's going to be some little thought that says, nah, do it tomorrow. Uh, You're not fresh today. Uh, You need some coffee. Uh, uh, And all these little thoughts that are going to try to keep you from it. Just realize what it is and push through anyway. And the truth of the matter is about that is you're going to feel a million times better when you do it, even if it's not to the best of your ability, than you're not doing it at all. You know what I'm, I've noticed that in myself. Truthfully, Nick, let's be honest, even with us in this podcast, we both separately have had people telling us forever, oh, you should do a podcast. Oh, you should do a podcast. And then, you know, there was all those excuses. Oh, who the hell is going to want to listen to me? Do I really even have anything to say that people want to hear? I know you you were telling me about how you had some friends that wanted to do it, but then yeah. didn't really want to get on the podcast with you. Oh yeah. Imposter syndrome is going to be a big thing. Like yeah. thinking that you're an imposter. Who am I to talk about this? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All of that is going to come up and all of that is normal. 
Everybody, everybody who has risen to greatness has experienced that. Guess what? It's just part of the game. That's what you have to overcome. But realize, if you push through that resistance, the momentum that you will build is going to be unreal. You just have to build momentum. So after resistance comes momentum. After you get the car moving, the thing is going to start barreling out of control in a good way. You got to build momentum. And that goes like, I'm actually like, come on, Dominic, get back in the gym, get back in the gym, right? It's like all kinds of resistance on that. Oh, it takes a long time. Oh, you're going to look stupid lifting the weights. And judgment too, right? I think everyone's always so afraid of like what people are going to think of me if I start doing this. I think you got to kind of push that away too. I think that's really important. I've read every book you can possibly imagine on motivation, self-mastery, things like that. There's no substitute for just doing it. I actually got up, I got up and I, I asked this guy, Neil Patel, a very famous internet marketer at a marketing convention in Austin, Texas. How do you overcome your entrepreneurial resistance? And he was like, just do it. And it was like, (laughs) he has a podcast, right? I think he does. Yeah. 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 I think I've listened to that. I've listened to him before. He's really smart. Oh, super smart. Super smart. Yeah. And he was kind of like, why wouldn't you? What's the problem? (laughs) I felt stupid for a little bit, but but it's just a simple answer. It just really is. You also need to realize that you, if you have a solution to somebody's problem, you also have a moral obligation, in my opinion, to get that solution out there. I'm sorry to tell you, but you do. If you have figured out a problem in a marketplace, you have the obligation to your fellow man to help them out, right? Because I saw in the DJ industry, there was a couple personalities that I really didn't like that were the social media gurus that I, you know, would make me cringe. And I was like, oh, guess what, Dominic? You're the guy that needs to be the marketing nerd who's going to help people out. I was like, Oh, I don't want to be that person necessarily. But I actually did want to be it was just my resistance telling me whatever. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about all of this, so often we forget that a lot of lessons that are best learned are learned when we were children. Like if you really circle this all around to when we were younger, how did you learn how to walk? You did it and you did it and you failed and you failed and you failed and you failed and you failed. And And then one day you figured out how to walk. Same thing with riding a bike. We all got on a bike and fell over and skinned our knees and skinned our elbows and ran in the house yelling and screaming because we hurt ourselves. These are all the things, they all happened to us when we were younger. And those lessons can be learned right there. Correct. Exactly. And if you have a little bit more money to play around with, hire a coach. For some reason, we as kids, we have coaches for Little League. We have coaches for swimming. We have coaches for whatever. All of a sudden, when we're adults, for some reason, we don't have coaches anymore. It's like, what the hell? That's actually shooting yourself in the foot big time. This is when I think we need the coaches the most. (laughs) So yeah, that's a great point. Actually, yeah. So and if you don't have a lot of money to hire a coach, then audiobooks and podcasts like this one are going to become your coach, right? You're kind of virtual coach. And then when you have the money, please invest in actual in-person coaches, whether it's on a Zoom call or whatever, please hire the coaches. Like I've, I've had to hire a personal trainer to get me going in the past. And it was a thousand times more effective because he actually was showing me like what I need to do without hurting myself like an idiot. And I was actually getting results. I need to go back to him and, and get my ass back in shape. Yeah, that's a really good point about all of a sudden, when we become adults, coaches just drop off for life. But I think there has to be a 
willingness to kind of put your ego aside to like, oh, I think I know everything. So therefore I don't need to learn. Therefore I don't need a coach. Uh But so you totally have to just put your walls down. And, you know, even if it's just like you said, like an audio book, just be receptive to new information. Yeah. And I think we talk about this in our industry a lot and and just about, excuse me, just about any industry nowadays, it's so easy to get into an industry and the barrier of entry is almost, especially in the event industry is almost non-existent. And we always talk about how, how much more successful would somebody be if they went and kind of understudied with somebody else who's already doing that within the industry, kind of like Nick said, put your pride aside, go understudy for somebody else. Don't go in there and try to stab them in the back and steal all their damn contacts and all that other stuff. Really, truly find a way to learn. And then when you're ready to stand on your own two feet and you can be a viable, quote unquote, competition to that person. And the only thing that you're not competing from is price, because believe me, just because you're cheaper doesn't mean you're a better competitor. So really be able to learn things that Dominic talked about and then become better that way. But just stepping into a market and all of a sudden thinking that you have all the answers is self-sabotage. And we see it in our industry all the time. And it's a big reason why so many people in our industry say that it's a race to the bottom. We've all heard that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't ever race to the bottom. Oh, Lord. That's a bad, bad idea. Wrong direction. That's right. You want to race to the top because there's actually less competition at the top, in my opinion. Exactly what you just said. Very important, right? I've been in the wedding DJ space for, I don't know, four years now, but I actually got to learn from my brother. My brother started the, the DJ company about five to six years ago. He's a professional singer. He can play the keyboard. He's a guitarist. He does looping, like kind of similar to what Ed Sheeran does. And I got to learn from him. And that was just invaluable. I got to shadow him. I got to see exactly how he does announcements and then was able to do it way more comfortably myself. But to not invest in coaching these days, you're you're just really slowing your speed. You're slowing yourself down big time, right? And you're going to make a lot of stupid mistakes that you don't need to. And if you're highly impatient, like I am, I'm super utterly impatient. I think that's actually a good thing. That's why I love to pay for ads, (laughs) pay for marketing, pay to push things out because I'm highly impatient. I like to be good at things like right away. So now I like to hire coaches to get me through those growth hurdles so that I don't have to wait. I can just be good within a matter of weeks instead of years. Well, and it puts you in a position to be successful potentially a a lot faster. You know, that's a big piece of the puzzle that I think people miss. Again, it's like, why not spend, even if it's a year, think about people who go to college to get a degree, whether it's a doctor or a lawyer or somebody like that. They go to school forever and they do it because they're investing themselves so that when they come out on the back end of that, they're ready to be prepared to be a productive individual in that skill, in that craft, in that trade. And again, that's something we just don't see in the event industry. Very rarely do you ever see that in the event industry. And it's why there's so many here today, gone tomorrow. was talking about the yellow pages a while back when we were talking about where we used to market. And I distinctly remember one of the most fun things that we used to do back then was to take last year's yellow pages and this year's yellow pages and put them next to each other and see how many people were gone and how many people were new and how many people stayed. It was just a game we played. (laughs) That's wild. And another thing in the internet marketing space that you'll learn as soon as you enter that is you need to model the success patterns of 
other businesses that are doing it successfully. I'm not saying to copy them. I'm not saying any of that, but you do need to model success in internet marketing. You need to model success just in life in general. Do what successful people are doing and you you will be successful, but it's actually lethal to think that you know it all. First of all, that's completely lethal. You won't learn anything new. You won't stay ahead of the times. And before you know it, you'll, you'll wind up in the dirt. So that's why I'm always open to new strategies, always searching for the next big breakthrough. And sometimes it's hard, right? Like you have to invest thousands of dollars to go to some of these marketing conventions between flying and hotel stays and this and that, but it always comes back to me times 10. One of the things that really has always attracted to me to you, Dominic, in a short period of time that I've known you is you're a consummate professional, what you do. You're not afraid to do those things and being a part of your program, which I would love to get into a little bit more later on in the conversation. One of the things that I really enjoyed getting out of that is that you're the kind of person that's willing to put their money where their mouth is. And that's what I love about what you do. That's what I love about how you do things. And that was one of the biggest things that immediately gravitated me towards you, but then keeps me wanting to come back to learn more. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to kind of circle back around and talk a little bit more about the surveys and this thing called many chat that some people are not even familiar what that is. What is that? But I know you know a lot about that and you can probably share some knowledge with our listeners on that. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a moment. All right, you guys, we're back on the Rookie in the Vet podcast. We're talking with Dominic Perone about all things internet marketing and getting yourself out there. We're coming up on 2020. It's only a couple months away already. We're moving into a brand new set of numbers. We're not in the teens anymore. We're not going to be teenagers anymore. Like we're moving into a new set of numbers. So it's more important than ever to really be able to stand out against your competition and even just stand out in the marketplace alone and kind of sift through all the trash. And one of the things that we talked about earlier were the surveys. And I know, Nick, you know, I I brought that to your attention, the surveys and training that I watched Dominic do about those surveys. And that was super exciting. I know you could probably see and hear the excitement of me when I was like, wow, we got to do this. Right. I was, I was super intrigued. Uh, Surveys are such an amazing tool to kind of understand and and learn a little bit more. A question I would have for you as somebody who's maybe not in the DJ space, you know, I'm a videographer. Um, Did you have any suggestions that could help me or maybe somebody that's not in the DJ space per se? Definitely, definitely. So there's a, a great book. Apparently, I got from some people recently at this marketing convention that this guy isn't such a great guy, but he did write an incredible <laughs> book. Uh, so take it for what you will. I think it's worth a read. It's called Sell Like Crazy. And he talks about, I know that's a weird introduction. He has, anyway, he, he talks about something that is called the halo strategy. And I actually think this is genius. And this is really nine questions that you want to use to define your dream buyer. We actually don't want to sell to everybody. That would be a big mistake. (laughs) Okay. So he's got nine questions. These are questions that you can easily turn into survey questions. So one of the first ones is where does your dream buyer hang out 
and congregate. Congregate meaning where do they get together? And on the online space, you want to know, are they mostly on YouTube? Are they mostly on Instagram? Luckily for a lot of millennial brides, a lot of them are going to be on Instagram, but you might also not fully realize a lot of them are going to be on YouTube too, researching things. Okay. So here's some other cool things. Where does your dream buyer get their information? So you could work that into a survey question. Who do they look to for information? Is it books, magazines, Google, blogs, YouTube? What are their biggest frustrations and challenges? This is major. If you're going to ask any one question, you must ask your people this. Now, I have made it a habit. Every time I get a new bride and groom on the phone, or if it's somebody I'm about, I'm about to DJ their wedding, I immediately ask them, so what's been the most stressful, the biggest challenge with planning your wedding? And I make a note of that. That is golden information. They are at the height of stress in their yeah. <laughs> in their lives with their with their wedding. That's the perfect time to ask them what's been giving you the most trouble. And some brides will say, "Oh my God, the RSVPs and the guest list has been a nightmare." Uh, my bride today said, "We're putting the final touches on the venue because she's actually doing it at her at her dad's farm. So they're actually laying sod today <laughs> for the wedding wow. for the wedding tomorrow. It's ridiculous." Uh, so you'll get a lot of good information out of that, a lot of juicy details. What are their hopes, dreams, and desires for their wedding or for their wedding photography, right? What are their hopes and dreams and desires for when they look at their photography for uh, five years from now, what do they want to feel? What are their biggest fears? So what are your biggest fears when it comes to your wedding? What is their preferred form of communication? That's actually really good to know because whatever their preferred form of communication is, maybe it's not talking on the phone. A lot of millennial brides don't necessarily want to talk on the phone right away. You have to actually text them, chat with them, email with them before you can get them on the phone, which right. I know is a, a source of stress for a lot of guys, but we'll talk about many chats soon. So <laughs> cliffhanger right there. You also want to know what does a day in your dream buyer's life look like? This is kind of fascinating. Like what is, what does a day look like for a person who is engaged? Do they check their email in the morning? Do they Obviously, a lot of them work. They're exhausted in the evenings, right? That yeah. also gives you a clue of what's going on in their in their world. And then last but not least, what makes them happy? What's going to make them happy as a buyer? Look at your, your reviews for your business and see what are brides saying? And what I like to point out to a lot of DJs is they don't say part of the reviews is going to be the dance floor was packed all night. What you don't want to ignore is when they say things like he helped us move from each event flawlessly. Everything was super smooth. He was a true professional. So not only is packing a dance floor, very important for a wedding DJ, we can all agree with that. But right. also being professional with the way you have everything organized, being able to communicate with them, answering questions when they need it, like making sure everyone has a good time, go back through your reviews and just read 20 or 30 and see what the patterns are. Those are actually telling you what made them happy. And it's not only going to be because you have the best equipment and you're number one in your area, right? They don't say that, that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. They're going to tell you what made them happy. So those are some great survey questions. One of the great things about surveys, I was fortunate enough to sit down. One of my close friends is actually getting married in August. Um, and I got to sit down with his fiance and kind of just go through like, oh, what did you like about the process of finding a photographer or a videographer? And just that short conversation we had at a random restaurant in 
Tallahassee was invaluable. So I can imagine how like just gathering the information with surveys would be so just revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you you know, so sometimes people don't want to do a survey. Sometimes you have to like call it a questionnaire. Right. And sometimes right, right. you have to bribe them, overtly bribe them to fill this thing yeah. out. That's actually one of the ways I love to grab phone numbers from brides that I may just have an email for. I say, hey, please fill out this 10 question survey. Right. And at the end, I ask them for a phone number and I say, I'm going to text you or email you a link to a, just an electronic Starbucks $5 gift certificate. And now yeah. I got the phone number. Now I know, I know all things about them. Where are they getting married? When are they getting married? I put all of that in my survey. If, if I'm going to give them a $5 coffee, they're going to be giving me lots of information. So I use like SurveyMonkey is a great one or Typeform. Either of those are going to be perfect for putting a survey in place. I think SurveyMonkey is, is kind of the standard, industry standard, but Typeform has really beautiful survey options where it's okay. just one question at a time and it's very nice. So if you're wondering about platforms, go ahead and use something like that. Another thing that I like to use is Facebook groups and having your own Facebook group is very important because you're going to be able to show ads to your group. You want a group that you can control. That's probably a whole nother topic. Anyway, for people to get into my group, uh, and I, I just call it the North Georgia Wedding Guide, right? Again, be the guide in your area and people will channel into there. And to get into my group, they have to give me their email address. So I capture that using Facebook groups options. And then I also ask them a question. So I did this for uh, one of my clients is a Lori Swank. She's a fashion stylist, uh, influencer. She has like 250,000 Instagram followers and she has mm -hmm. styled... Uh, Childish Gambino and other rap legends, uh, Earth Gang and, and people like that. And she teaches her tribe how to create a Shopify store and get their fashion out there. It almost like brought a tear to my eye because I asked them, what is your number one goal having your own online e-boutique business, right? And a lot of them by survey, they want to create a legacy for their children. When I was reading the, through these, I was like, mm weeping, not weeping, but I almost <laughs> weeped because <laughs> it was beautiful. They don't just want to make money, right? They don't just want to make money using a Shopify store. They actually want to leave a legacy to their children. Now that opens up totally different doors to how we can actually market her course. It's like, not only am I going to teach you this, I'm going to help you get this benefit, which is what you really want. That is something that you have to, you have to think with, with your, with your marketing on your website. Okay, if you tell a bride you have these fancy uplights, a lot of brides don't even know what that means. What, what is an uplight, right? That's a completely alien language to them. And this is a, a great thing that I just read in The Wizard of Ads by, <laughs> I read a lot of books. The Wizard of Ads, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he talks about you always have to link the feature to the benefit. So always silently tell yourself, which means blank. All right, so you could tell a bride, we have this blankety blank fancy photo booth, which means you're going to preserve all of your friend and friends and family that were there at the event. You're going to be able to flip back five years, 10 years from now and relive those moments because you have this beautiful photo book because of this photo booth. So we're linking a feature to a benefit. I have uh, uplighting. We can do 12 uplights, 16 uplights, which means you're going to have this unbelievable atmosphere in this room that's going to create incredible photos, right? That you'll be able to love forever and ever. You always have to link benefits to the features. Did I answer the question? <laughs> 
Yeah, and then some. <laughs> cool, cool. So for photographers and videographers, what I would suggest, and I'm, I'm about to dive more into this world. So, but what I would suggest is like the top five tips for having the perfect adventurous engagement photo shoot. The top five video shots that you absolutely must grab that will preserve your wedding memories forever, right? And actually maybe link them to some video examples, some, right. some kind of guide like that and keep them short, right? They can be checklists, the ultimate wedding video planning checklist, the ultimate wedding photography checklist. Make sure you get all these shots. Otherwise you're gonna ruin your wedding. You gotta get this shot and you gotta get this shot and you gotta get this shot with the background and this and that, right? So that's just some examples off the top of my head. You can totally use those as a magnet to pull somebody through a survey and give them the lead magnet at the end as a thank you. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Rookie in the Bed podcast. 